baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I could remember the minutes flying by as I just sat there in my car. I was already running late to work and the stress was starting to make me sweat in my uniform, but I wanted to stick with it. I had already been in line for like 10 minutes and I really wanted a burger. That just sounds horrible. It was. What's the longest you've ever waited in line, Mike? Well, I'll tell you, but first of all, what uniform? Well, I was a waitress, so it was kind of like this black Uh, uniform. Thankfully, you couldn't see the sweat too much, but I knew it was there. Probably polyester, just adding to the problem. Okay. Well, the longest I've ever waited in line, my wife and I, we waited in line overnight once for Rolling Stones tickets. That was before you could buy tickets online. Way, way before. I'm your host, Mike Rogers. That is Lauren, one of our Something Offbeat producers. And Lauren, when you were in line to get that burger, where was it? Steak and Shake. Oh, good call. Did you ever consider calling the police? You know, I can't say that I did. And that's probably a good thing, because at least one person has tried to do that before, and it did not go well. According to this article that you sent me, it says that back in February, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police up in Manitoba tweeted that a woman in line at Burger King up there dialed 911 due to a long line that was just a little too long for her liking. I admire that lady's commitment to the Whopper. That's Dave Fagundes, a lawyer and professor at the University of Houston Law Center. He wrote a paper called The Social Norms of Waiting in Line. Yeah, he joined us to break down this offbeat drive through tale to explain how we humans came to accept this whole waiting in line thing in the first place. How did you become an expert in in the etiquette of line waiting? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a law professor, which means that I do research and I write papers. And the thing I was interested in, well, before I was working on lines, is something called social norms, which is kind of an interesting idea that people think, okay, what keeps us in line, right? What makes us behave well, you know, assuming that we do? And the answer is, well, we got to have laws, otherwise people go nuts. The truth is, in many many contexts. People use what we call social norms, informal rules that we all understand that we enforce informally without any written law, without any threats from the state to organize our behavior. And sometimes these things are even better than laws because they're efficient. They can adapt well to particular circumstances. So I was just between projects and I think it, it came up in some context like I was I was going to Disneyland or I'd been someplace with hellacious lines and I thought to myself, look at the order that occurs when you would imagine, you know, you would normally need some kind of central organizing principle, but you don't, right? You just have people spontaneously and kind of relatively politely making up these lines. Why does it happen? What are the norms and rules? And then, you know, then I got a paper out of it. Give me some examples of these norms. So the way I like to think about the emergence of norms and lines is exactly on those terms. Like we all, we all hate standing in line, right? No, you ever met a person who's like, If I had a spare hour, I would just stand in a line at the bank, right? So this is not something anyone 
wants to do. Uh, but everybody also knows that if, you know, the rule was rush to the front and, you know, use as much violence as you can to get what you want as fast as you want, that would be a chaotic and dangerous world. So the three basic rules, we all kind of know instinctively. In fact, you don't even need me to tell you this. You probably knew them from the playground. The first is what they call in property, the first possession principle. The first person who's there gets priority over the second person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, down to the thousandth person when you're waiting for Space Mountain, not Disney World in July, right? The second, you know this from second grade, no cutting, right? The thing that causes people to descend into rage and what I've observed in my work on this is when people openly flout lines and nothing is worse than somebody cutting in, fights into all kinds of chaos happens, right? And then the final thing is you just gotta keep your place, right? It is not good enough to just be in line for a while. You can't you know, leave and go do something else and come back. Either you have to keep your place or you have to have some marker of your place. So there are lines for a big uh, sports final in Australian rules football in Sydney. And people had a rule that you had to leave a marker in place to save your place in line. You had to go to the bathroom or something. But if you left it there for more than some period of time, you were out. You throw your marker away, you lost your place. The other thing you do is you can have somebody stay in line, but that gets a little dicey, right? Because we all know that if one dude is in line and he gets to the front and then he invites 20 of his friends, that begins to push back against those social norms that stitch this whole system together. Are these things uniquely human? Do we see them anywhere else in the animal kingdom? Man, that is a great question. So there is some suggestion that animals observe the first of those norms. They observe something called the first possession principle. They have something like a property instinct. And I've not actually thought of this, so I'm sort of freestyling here. Maybe you see something like that in the sense that animals form lines for efficiency reasons. I mean, ants do that, for example. But I don't know if they do it to express a notion of priority in the way we line up to wait for things. I just don't know. I think that takes a degree of social organization that you don't see in, in the animal kingdom, although you do see some indicia of instincts about property. I've never thought too hard about the phrase herding cats, but I think I get it now. Although I could sort of imagine dogs waiting in line. So with humans, the whole concept of waiting in line and our tolerance for that. Yeah. Just a question of patience. Obviously, it varies from person to person. Right, right. So I think that's right. You know, whenever I'm waiting in line with my daughter, who's five, she's she she hates it. I hate it too, right? But I can kind of swallow it. And I tell her, you know, this is a great way to practice the skill of patience. And you're right. We all find the experience of waiting in line excruciating. What explains who's better than other people? Honestly, I think this is more a question of human psychology than law or social norms. There's this old Zen saying that says, all of a man's problems are due to his inability to sit quietly with one's own thoughts. So I think maybe what it comes down to is when you're forced, as a line forces you to just stand in place and wait, you're completely out of control, subject to the whims of other people. Maybe the line stops and doesn't get anywhere. Do you have the capacity to summon that kind of inner peace? Or is it so excruciating for you to sit with your own thoughts and not do anything that it drives you crazy. So I think in a way, the line exposes, as you suggested, our capacity for patience. And clearly this woman in Canada didn't have any. When we see these stories, and that was my first reaction too, this person is just out of control, but you know, you never know what people are going through. It could be the case that, you know, she hadn't eaten in some long period of time. She had some doctor's appointment to keep. 
I don't know. Um, but uh, who can say? And, and then tying up an emergency phone line to register a complaint about it. That, that may be the best part of all. That part is indefensible. Like I can, I can appreciate somebody getting just completely out of their head with impatience in a frustrating line. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you hang up 911 because I don't want to make an extreme comment here, but I think your desire for a Whopper is probably not as important as somebody else's uh, actual physical emergency. Call me crazy. In their tweet, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police stressed that being hangry isn't a legitimate reason to dial 911. Now, sometimes people willingly wait in lines that they know are going to be long, even months long. Months? Months. I just did an on-air story about the grand reopening of a restaurant up in Denver. It's called Casa Bonita. Now, maybe you've heard of this place. They've got the cliff divers. There's a guy in a gorilla suit running around. It is kitschy to an extreme and the food is awful at least it was when i lived up there but that's not stopping this guy his name is jesse vogel from queuing up to be the first in the door all right so when did you first get in line well that was uh february 13th when can he get out of the line okay this is the best part the restaurant is not expected to open until mid-may at the <sighs> earliest man what I love about that story and stories like it is that it's almost like a little subculture develops within the line. So have you seen other examples of this, people waiting in line for weeks or even months? I saw an example of this across the street from me in Rice Village, a place that's affiliated with Astroworld opened up. And when it did, people started sort of like putting up almost like a tent city, right? There were like chairs and things like that. I'm too old to know what the heck Astroworld is, man. But like whatever was being sold there, like shoes or something like that. I was like, what could be so good about a shoe? And then I was walking around Rice Fields and I saw these people were having a blast. So it was actually the line itself became a party, right? It was a scene. Another example is, uh, they still have this, but it used to be the case that to get certain kinds of tickets for Duke basketball games, which obviously in high demand, you had to wait in an extremely long, elaborate, week-long line. I think part of that was that it was fun. It was a party. People probably, you know, um, they're in college, whatever, doing what they're doing. But also, it was almost like a marker of devotion. It was like, I love the Blue Devils so much that I am willing to, like, blow off classes and, and get in a tent and, and wait in what they call Krzyzewskiville for days because I am the most hardcore fan. Do different cultures around the world have different habits when it comes to waiting in line? Yeah, so this is such a good question. So there's definitely reps, like reputation. Some cultures have terrible reputations for patients and waiting in line. Whether or not those stereotypes are true is hard to say, but here's a story that illustrates the point. When the Beijing Olympics were coming up in 2008, the Chinese officials who were organizing it understood that or believed that the people in China would do poorly at waiting in line. They had this belief that they wouldn't do well. So they organized a series of national training days. And every month they would organize, they would have people practice. They had people whose job it was to organize queues, like government employees to make people stay in line and not get chaotic. It was on the 11th of every month because the two ones sort of looked like people waiting in line. And my understanding is it, it worked out pretty well. And what some people have suggested in connection to this is, well, maybe it's about uh, resource richness and resource scarcity, right? The, the countries like, you know, we're lucky to live in the United States. We got, you know, pretty much everything we need, at least within certain echelons, right? So you can be patient. You know, you're going to get what you want. But in a place where there's less, fewer resources, maybe people are less likely to wait in line because there's more of a desperation to get, you know, food or something like that. Now, that seems plausible, but there are interesting counterexamples. Like in the 1970s, when there was an oil crisis, 
in the country of Nigeria, which is a, a certainly at the time was a less developed country, no chaos ensued whatsoever. People were very patient. You know, they waited in line for hours and hours and hours to get gas, even though gas was scarce and it was also necessary. I think you're right. And you use the word desperation. The greater the desperation, the less patience there is. And the more willing people are to throw those rules out. Oh, man, totally. Like in Britain, the, this is the liniest country in the world. They love to talk about how they like to queue up, as they put it. And they talk about themselves as discipline and, and waiting in line. And then somebody did a study and they said, all right, what if we have the, the you know, the bus, you know, whatever, the double-decker bus in London pull up at a different location than where people are waiting in line? And what happened? Because that just blew up the question of who was first. People completely broke the line. They rushed the doors chaos ensued. So, so no culture in the world is, uh, is immune to the chaos when the waiting line is disrupted. And then there's the irony of people waiting in long lines for fast food. It defeats the purpose. It's a paradox, right? I mean, it's literally it turns fast food into like slow food. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Although I was just at the rodeo here in Houston and I got, I got one theory for you. I, I don't know what Trill Burger is. You're probably going to have a bunch of listeners who are like, how do you not know what Trill Burger is? All I know is I saw a sign for something called Trill Burger. And I was like, that sounds good. Then I saw the line and without exaggeration, 75 people in this line, maybe more. It was going to take at least 45 minutes to get your food, maybe more time. And I was like, what explain, like what burger is good enough that I would stand in the hot sun in a day in Houston and wait that long for it? And then I thought maybe what people think when they see that is if it's, if it requires that much of a line, it's got to be awesome. Right. What what would be good enough to make people want to stand and sweat in you know the Houston humidity for an hour and 15 minutes? It's got to be manna from heaven. I don't know if that's true, but I do suspect that that's uh, that's why people justify it. Back to the drive through. Do we have more or less patience in a drive through more or less when we're in the privacy of our own car? Yeah, that is a good question. So, you know, despite this example, I would have thought it was better. Right. I think that, you know, if I'm if I'm in line. You know, and I can I can listen to a podcast on my radio, perhaps this one, you know, if I can sort of vocally swear with no one hearing me about what's going on, it seems like, you know, I should be able to blow off more steam and entertain myself and kind of deal with the experience of waiting in line. On the other hand, I think one feature that is harder about being in a car versus just standing in line is you are stuck. So the psychological experience, the almost claustrophobic experience of not being able to move you know, assuming that the line is configured in a way that you can't get out, which is true of most drive-through lines, might cause more anxiety to arise, right? Because you're not free to leave. Like I had this happen the other day. I was in some, I was trying to go to a barbecue place here in Houston. I stood in line, which is going to be a really long line for about two seconds. And I was like, you know what? This is not worth my time. And I got out. But if I'm in my car and I've committed to that line and I can't get out, that would be frustrating. Does violence become an issue the longer the line lasts, the longer the line is, and the longer people have to wait? Here's where violence can sometimes happen. It's where there's some kind of disruption to the line. So, for example, Walmart, I think on, on Black Friday, had a couple incidents where people were waiting, waiting, waiting. Then they opened the doors, and the sort of release of tension that people could finally enter caused a rush, and people got trampled on the entrance. Another thing that happens is when lines break down, like the British example, when the bus pulls up at a different place than people were expecting. If you had been in the car with this woman up in Canada right before she made that 911 call, what would you have said to her to talk her down off that ledge? I would have said, chill out. Let me get out of the car and go get you a McDonald's and maybe that'll hold you over. But for the love of God, don't call 911. 
I'm Mike Rogers. Thanks for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Barry and Chris Blake with audio edited by Chris Blake. Original music by Myron Kaplan and editorial support from Cooper Mall. Now to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please share it with us. Send it to something offbeat at Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 